Okay, for our first message today, it's going to be brought to us by Mr. Lawrence Gregory, and it is entitled, excuse me, entitled Blood. My subject today is uh, sometimes unpleasant, sometimes it's a necessary item. I want to share four things about the subject today. The first is from the scriptures, and I have uh, a number of scriptures today, is uh, found in Genesis, the ninth chapter, verse 4 through 5. All life in man and animal must be healthy. We know that uh, when we First thing we do when we go to the doctor, we have a blood test to check our blood to see if it's good or bad or if it's got any impurities in it. Now, I'd like to read uh, chapter 9, verse 4 through 5. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require. At the hand of every beast will I require it, and at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother, will I require the life of man. And so we see that uh, the blood is the life, and we know that when we shed our blood, our life is gone. And so there are two things here in this uh, scripture reference that I'd like us to uh, picture First is that uh, if we're sickly, you know, blood flows out of us, and whether it's an animal or whether it's a, a person, that means we're not uh, healthy. And we shouldn't eat the blood. The second thing is uh, meat that's rare or uh, bloody, we shouldn't eat because that's the life of that person. And, and there's a lot in here about the life in the Old Testament and especially the New Testament and we're going to be looking at that but two things we see here number one we shouldn't eat meat that's bloody or rare or uh, that has the life in it still which is blood now in Acts uh, 17th chapter let's go to the New Testament Acts 17 And uh, verse 24 through 26. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation and so uh, we see here that uh, all nations of mankind are of one blood and we're not to discriminate 
on uh, the color of a person's skin or because of their uh, of a different nationality than us, but we're to consider that God blessed Israel and calls them the chief of the nations and that all nations through them would be blessed and through God uh, intervention in their lives would be blessed. So a couple of things we can learn from here is one, we don't discriminate according to a person's skin color, but we know that all nations of this earth have a sense of priority of the Israel nations. And when I say Israel, I'm talking about the Jews as well as uh, the nations. Now, uh, the second thing I want to uh, share here is uh, found in Leviticus 17th chapter, verse 10 through 16. Leviticus 17. through 16 and whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourneth among you that eateth any manner of blood I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel, or of the strangers that sojourneth among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, You shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh. You shall not eat the blood of any man for the, or animal. For the life of all flesh is for the blood thereof. Whatsoever eateth, whosoever eateth, it shall be cut off. And every soul that eateth that which dieth of itself, or that which is torn with beast, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger, he shall both wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. Then shall he be clean. But if he wash them not, that is his clothes, nor bathe his flesh, then he shall bear his iniquity. And so we see here that uh, when we're out in the wild and we shed the blood of an animal, uh, then we should cover it with dirt, cover it up out of respect and out of dignity of that life that that animal gave for us. Now, the third thing is that uh, we see here in uh, Ephesians, back in the New Testament, Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 10.
to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be, no, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And uh, it shows that uh, the church was purchased by his blood. So we want to remember and have respect for the life of uh, an individual and the life of uh, an animal that God has chosen to represent. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the atonement process, the sacrifices. We know there are five sacrifices, but there's one that in the Bible is uh, referenced to as the meat offering. And that is a translation error. It really should be a meal offering. That is of the flour and of the grain, of the corn, of cornbread, uh, pancakes, uh, loaf of bread, uh, different varieties of uh, meal offering that was offered to God. And uh, that is incorrectly called a meat offering, although it's a little confusing when you consider that uh, God is referencing grain rather than meal. And on the others, uh, then, uh, we have in the atonement process for those four sacrifices, uh, blood plays an important part in them. So let's go now to uh, Exodus, the 29th chapter, and uh, we'll go through a number of uh, scriptures here rather quickly. Exodus, 29th chapter. Verse 20, then shall you kill the ram and take of his blood and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron and upon the tip of the right ear of the son and upon the thumb of their right hand and upon the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And you shall take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. So here is a uh, designation of the priesthood. And uh, we know that we're all priests of God in the, in, in the sense in the New Testament. And so here the uh, portion of the blood was put on the ear, uh, which signifies uh, the right hearing, right from wrong, and on the big thumb of the right hand, which signifies doing or working or, or going about our life, and on the right big toe which signifies progress or walking or keeping God's commandments. And so uh, here uh, we're designated by the blood to be perfectly, completely obedient to God. Now, uh, that's all I'm going to say about the sacrifices and about the atonement process. Uh, I want to go to Isaiah 53, uh, verse 5 
through 7, Isaiah 53. But he was wounded, this is talking of Christ now, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace and was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearer is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. And uh, verse 11 through 12. Skip down a little bit here. We're familiar with a lot of these scriptures here in Isaiah 53. But he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And so we're introduced here to in the Old Testament. And there are many, many scriptures, many references uh, about Jesus being our sin bearer and uh, being the one that paid his life for us and gave, uh, gave up his life or his blood for us. And so we'll turn now to a few New, New Testament scriptures. And uh, I've got about eight uh, verses that I want to, scripture references that I want to go through rather quickly here because uh, we're familiar with uh, most of these. In John, the sixth chapter, verse 53, John 6, 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As a living Father has sent me and as I live by the Father's uh, will, in essence. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. And so we see here, uh, and we remember this on the evening of Passover when we take the emblems of that uh, bread and wine which is of his body and of his blood 
and we take of his blood, this is very important in remembrance of what he poured out and gave for us, his life. And uh, Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 6. Romans 5, 6. For we, when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps, perhaps, or per adventure. For a good man, some would even dare to die. And so God has uh, chosen us, even though we don't deserve it, to die for us. Now, I, I skipped a reference here, but I want to go back to John, the 11th chapter. And um, verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doth make many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them you know nothing at all nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not and this spake he not of himself but being high priest that year he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation and not for that nation only but that also he should gathered together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. And so here even the uh, corrupt high priest, Caiaphas, recognized that Jesus must give his life for everyone, for all the nation and for all, as we have seen, for all the, even the ungodly, even sinners that would come later to repentance would participate in that shed blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, Acts 20, 28. We uh, talked earlier about the church that was purchased by his blood. In Ephesians 2, 13, let's go back to Ephesians. Chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus... Ye who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. And uh, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And uh, Revelations 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, Revelation 12th chapter, verse 11. I told you I'm just going through some of these New Testament scriptures. There are many, many, but I've just selected a few here. And uh, Revelation 12:11, I've got uh, this and one more scripture reference. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. So we are overcoming through the blood of Jesus Christ. That is very important for us to remember. It's not our own efforts not our own willpower. It's through the blood, it's through the life, the power of Jesus Christ that we're able to overcome. And uh, uh, I want to go to a closing scripture reference here in Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Go back up just a little bit. Verse 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. In verse 20 through 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, in closing, uh, we want to consider the importance of the life that Jesus Christ lived and that he gave and shed for us so that it's not our power, it's not that we overcome, but that we, through the life, through the power, through the strength that's in the life force, in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're able to be overcomers. And we're able to grow. And to uh, uh, be uh, victorious in this life. Jesus sanctified the people with his own blood. Through the everlasting covenant. With the church and with us individually. We must trust in the life force. The blood of Jesus. For his help.